All right, welcome back to another edition of the Etrex Podcast. I'm uh, Quinn Henderson. I'm Matt Winters. Nice to have us here. Yeah, it is very nice to have us here, I know, right? isn't it? But it's also <laughs> nice to have our guest, our guest Kim. <laughs> you can introduce yourself. Okay. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, my name is Kim Taylor. I teach uh, biology at Mount Ogden Junior High, and so I'm happy to be here today talking to you guys about augmented reality. Um, yeah, so we're going to, she already kind of gave away the, the topic of today's discussion, but um, AR, VR, and education, and how it's playing a larger role. Now, Kim, you just had um, Google Expeditions. Expeditions. Tell us, a, they came to your school, tell us about it. Like, what, yeah, how'd it was that come super about? cool. Um, so they have a program, you actually sent me the link to apply, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and I got it from Quinn, so thank him. So thanks oh, everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, yeah, no problem. Glad I could help out. <laughs> well, you did, thank you. Um, so we have, I work at a Title I school, and I think that's part of the reason that we were awarded this grant. Um, so basically Google, um, you apply for this program, um, they come out to your school with uh, at least two bags of tech that's worth about 30 grand total. Um, so they have just the Asus cell phones um, programmed with their um, software, their augmented reality program software. Um, and they have a facilitator that comes out and they make it clear before uh, they actually come to your school that fa the facilitator is not the teacher. So you're supposed to have a lesson plan ready, uh, which actually you don't really need a lesson plan because the kids are so excited that they just kind of run it themselves. Yeah. You know, like they're so busy playing with it that it's just awesome. Um, and so they uh, essentially give you the opportunity to include augmented reality into your um, curriculum, whatever it is you're teaching. So they have all these um, about five to ten minute uh, programs that are built into the cell phones um, that the kids can access and you can lead and direct as you go through. Um, and so they have, like I did the ones uh, for biology, like circulatory system, respiratory system. They have a super cool one on cells that you can go through, like the actual cell, and it pulls it into like a 3D like image of the cell, and you can go inside and like go inside the organelles. It's really cool. Um, and so it's just kind of a cool program to get the kids more excited about what they're actually learning. Nice. Um, so let's take a step back for a second. So AR, which is? Augmented reality. So the biggest example of that, as pointed out by another guest, was Pokemon Go. So right. if you're rec <laughs> if you're one of those people that's been into video games, Pokemon Go over the last, what was it, two years ago? I think it's a couple of years past. Yeah, it's a couple now. years yeah. ago. So put up your cell phone, go out into the real world, Pokemon pop up. You try collect them. You throw something at them. I never played. I, I never, never got either. into it. The summer it came out, I was in Philly and... There were these, all these people wandering around fighting for gyms and stuff. And no, I was, like, oh, I was in an on? amusement park, and I saw people <laughs> walking around with a phone trying to catch Pokemon. I'm like, you just paid like $80 to get in the door to play Pokemon. Yeah. So it was unbelievable. <laughs> Last year in Tokyo, while I was there, I, I was in Yokohama, and I just went there randomly by myself. I've never been to this place. And I, I pull up into the station, get out, look at the beach, and there's a giant Pikachu from Pokemon on the beach. And I had gotten, I came on the day. Like a real one and not an object? No, yeah, one? They're, they're not real in Japan, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was a balloon. Um, but it was the day of uh, Pokemon Festival there, and they were doing the AR game. There was 30,000 people playing the same game on this beach, and it was ins absolutely insane. And so this is what AR is. It's getting people out into the real world, experiencing something digital on their phone, but it's overlaid on top of the physical world. Um, so with Google Expeditions, mm -hmm. can you explain a little bit how that works with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so essentially it's taking the the excitement that people have about Pokemon Go and putting it through an academic lens. <laughs> so they're still excited about learning, we got but it's there. actually cool. Kids to learn. Yeah, right. 
which is it's kind of exactly how it works. Um, so so like I said before, they had they have them programmed onto um, cell phones. So it um, I had classes of about 35, 40 students, um, and they bring about fifteen um, selfie sticks and cell phones per class. So you just split them up into groups, and um, they have a, a leader phone. So as a teacher, you're not like losing all control. Like you can con- you know you can control what the kids are seeing, what program they're going through the speed at which they're seeing the augmented images come up on the cell phone so you can stop and talk about it. So they're not just like whipping through pictures and, you know, they're actually like learning content as they go through too. Um, but it's, it's really, it was actually way more exciting than I thought it was going to be. And I know that sounds bad coming from a teacher, but, um, for all the technology that these kids have access to, I thought, I wasn't sure. I wasn't actually sure how they were going to react to it because they're so in like, um, this might be something old hat. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've all got Snapchat and all these different things that they're doing all the time. Um, so I wasn't sure how much they'd get into it, but they loved it. They were so into it. Um, we have A-Day, B-Days at my school, too. And so the day they got to do it before, like, B-Days got it before A-Days, and A-Days were, like, flipping out. Like, when are we going to do Like, when can we do this, Miss Taylor? When can we do this? Um, and so they were way more interested, and they, like, grasped onto the concept um, much more uh, easier than I anticipated. Well, I think it's really interesting because, yeah, we we forget how much technology the kids actually use right now. And you would think that putting that in the classroom, they would go, oh, mm-hmm. big deal, whoop de do. Yeah. You know, I, I do this all the time. But I think it's the fact that it is in the classroom where they're not used to seeing it that kind of piques their interest mm-hmm. or gets them to the edge of, edge of their yeah. seat a little bit more because, like, they're going, just what's going on? Yeah, it's a different right? context. Yeah, so all of a sudden they're yeah. curious. Um, so well, that's it's, it's not banning like, something that they have in their hands. It goes back to the idea of they have a cell phone. It's a tool. Yeah. Let's let's utilize that tool rather than shutting it down. Yeah, putting it in a, a phone home or something like that. Yeah, and I actually had two kids. Um, so I think let's see, we reached um, eight hundred and seventy six kids out of a school that has about nine hundred attending wow. average. So we almost got the whole school. And I only had one kid say to me, "I could do this on my PlayStation at home," out of like eight hundred kids. And so. Everybody else was incredibly engaged. Um, I actually had uh, a couple of kids look up augmented reality edu- education apps on their phone as they were going through the augmented program and download them so they could look at them at home. I mean, they, it really got them, like, them into the content, which was awesome. That's great. And so in the classroom, the, the kids' experiences is that they come into the room. What do they do to get the object in the mm-hmm. room? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we set it up with... Um, uh, essentially kind of a, a small group um, setting. So we grouped them into groups of three or four. Um, they would come in, um, pick a, a station with a QR code and a um, cell phone and a selfie stick. And so all they have to do is really scan the QR code as long as it's um, the cell phone's queued up to the program. So all you have to do is just click the app, open it, scan the QR code, and then it links to your um teacher phone so like I was holding the um the teacher um, device that leads the expedition um and so it would just automatically hook up through a, a router that Google brought with them so you're on your own network which I know could be problematic for some districts but um at, at the same time it worked really efficiently especially if you're um, just using it for that sole purpose yeah. can you so. speak a little bit to that Quinn because you know way more about routers and yeah. the whole technology side of this why, why would that be a problem for a district well, I, I think anytime you introduce a new piece of hardware like that, then you run mm. the risk of that being plugged in to an existing network connection, which then you're broadcasting your network openly. Um, so I think there are some things that could be done to make sure that, you know, as those routers that, that bring in like Google Expeditions, mm-hmm. maybe they could be 
adapted in some way that would prevent somebody from plugging in an existing network connection. So it's more of a security concern um, than anything. And, and student information and privacy, that's, that's kind of top of everybody's mind right now. So I think that's really important to think about. But there's, there's something um, that, that I, I'm kind of thinking about as you're, you're telling us about the experience here. We're looking at, at that from really what the students are experiencing. Mm-hmm. But, but what about as a teacher and a tool? How is something like that? Would, mm-hmm. would that impact you? So I think this would be a really regular um, tool that I would use if I had access to this um, as a teacher in my classroom on a continual basis. Um, the first time, so Google, when you get the grant, they just come out. Um, if you're on like a, so I teach junior high. So um, for my junior high, we're on an A day, B day schedule, which is not typical of most junior highs. Most of them are on a 45 minute, seven class a day schedule. And so Google just comes out once. And so I feel like a lot of it's the wow factor the first time the kids are introduced to it. But it was really interesting because um, they actually, the Google expeditions actually came a second time, um, because I'd asked them to, because we have the ADB day schedule. Um, and some of the kids just due to their class schedules got a repeat of the experience. And the second time they were exposed to it, they were much more focused and able to go through the curriculum. Um, and the, the wow factor had kind of worn off a little bit. And so they asked more questions and they were like, Hey, Miss Taylor, what is this? Like, what does this actually do? Like, how do I go inside this piece? And so I feel like if you have this as a tool on a regular basis, it would be so amazing. Um, you could actually have a, have a useful visual image of a concept that you're teaching that is normally really like esoteric and very, um, conceptual it puts like a concrete spin on um, a lot of anatomical processes that most kids don't get to see like really as a biology teacher the kids get exposure through dissections which take a long time to plan Um, and that's kind of it unless you have a lot of resources at your disposal which most teachers don't and so this would give you kind of an unlimited potential to get that interaction with the curriculum and the material so truthfully I would use this like every other day in my class if I had it on a regular basis. Which that points right to cost. I mean, a lot of these mm-hmm. teachers, the, a lot of teachers who think about this technology, they automatically dismiss it because I don't have, I think it's like $3,500 for a set of 10 Google Expedition phones. But at the same time, there's lots of ways to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you were going to well, say something. Yeah, I was going to say something because I, I think about that cost and what would a classroom set of textbooks cost you? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. But if all of a sudden you, you just buy the, the, mm-hmm. the hardware and have that same content in a more interactive way, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a good trade-off? Yeah, when you actually don't have to purchase the, the phone itself. So um, what the Google Expeditions facilitator told me that a lot of schools um, that are pinched for money, um, they're doing cell phone drives. So students bring in their old cell phones, no matter if it's an iPhone, Asus, you know, Motorola phone, whatever, um, and they just wipe everything off. And then they um, sign it over to the school. They have to do a waiver form. Um, and then the teacher just gets the phone, and all they have to pay for is the app itself. Which is nice. I mean, which that, is free. That cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I if you put in, free. Yeah, there's no cost there. Yeah. So if you put in the legwork, which, you know, chasing down cell phones is probably not the funnest thing to do, but once you have them, it's super fun. Yeah. So. Um, and it's a constantly growing program. That's we're, we're talking a lot about Google, which is kind of the forefront of AR technology right now <laughs> mm-hmm. in the classroom. And they're constantly evolving this. I, I'm getting them, they're coming to my school next week. And between the time between those two sessions, we were comparing notes and they've added five or 10 new sessions so, in there, which is amazing. Yeah, so they came on February 16th, the first time for my B-Day, and then March 14th uh, for my A-Day. And between those two dates, they'd added um, seven new expeditions within less than a month. 
yeah, I mean, it's awesome. And so they started with like science topics and now they're bridging out more to like history and art and, um, you know, other, other, um, uh, kind of cross-curricular options. So, and I just want to kind of clarify too, this is their augmented reality expeditions. They already Mm -hmm. have the virtual reality expeditions out there Mm -hmm. where where you can basically put the phone or get the headsets and put them on and you can, you -hmm. can take tours from all over the world. And, and I think, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe you, you guys have heard some other timelines I think they're shooting for this summer to release it to the public after they've done their testing. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah so they're shooting that. for June. Um, and so this will be um, hopefully public release by early earliest June, August at the latest. Um, but a lot of what they're doing with the schools is they're getting uh, beta testing feedback. And so um, the facilitator, honestly, like she had all the students um, tell her what they liked, what they didn't like, what they'd improve on. And the interesting thing, like almost every class said that they wanted to go inside more objects. They were like, show me the guts, show us the guts. Like we want to know what's inside all these things. And it was really cool. Um, and so they're going to try to add that feature supposedly, but... Yeah, I think about that in the context more of, um, I remember um, my wife's a veterinarian, and I could see like real world applications mm-hmm. where where if she was in surgery and she had some glasses that would overlay, and you could see that label different things on on an animal that she's working on, like basically mm-hmm. don't cut here. Yeah. Well, right? use... Don't cut the red wire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh sad. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, they actually do that with med students. So the, um, oh, a lot of the video games and augmented reality things for like the laparoscopic surgeries and stuff, they already train those. Like you'll go through an augmented reality training program first before you ever get to work on a patient, which is helpful. Yeah, it right? saves Absolutely. lives. Yeah. It's not trial and error. Well, just for a second, let's talk about VR. So VR is virtual reality, and a lot of us, those of you out there, they've probably seen it through Oculus Rift, which is owned by Facebook. You've seen things with Google Cardboard. And again, cost. I mean, an, an Oculus Rift rig is, what, 700 bucks or more? You haven't you priced need, one out, but that computer, sounds about right. And you need the computer to run it and everything else. Um, but it, again, here is a simple solution. You have the, the cell phone drive mm-hmm. and you can get the goggles for about six bucks online. Um, I saw a great presentation from the Utah film center at USET talking about this particular idea where it's a hundred percent DIY and you, you dig into your resources in your community and go as cheap as possible to get this, this technology into your classroom. And a lot of the times the companies will donate items to you. Like I've had um, like Thermo Fisher scientific, like they're going to pony up some tech and just because uh, I mean, a lot of companies are invested in the community. It's just a matter of letting them know that there's an outlet where they can um, assist you with different items, especially tech. So I, you know, the question that crosses my mind is, is, is it here to stay in education, AR and VR? Mm-hmm. You know, is that something that like the next generation of kids you'll be sending them to school with are like headsets you know, so they can do their homework. No more or, textbooks, just a headset? Yeah, it's your headset and that your computer, everything's built in there. Is that, I mean, is that really in the future? I don't know. I mean, there's quite a few companies that are approaching me. Like, there's Visible Body and there's all these different um, scientific companies that I think are moving that direction. Um, and I think it's a great supplementation tool, but I don't think it should be the one and only thing that you lo- use as a learning device. Um, it definitely gives you more options in the classroom than we've ever had before, but I don't know if it's going to become the only element of learning. Yeah, it makes me think about timeout in the classroom. Mm. I mean, you could (laughs) say, okay, you're in timeout, go sit in the corner, put on your headset, and the teacher puts them in some kind of really uncomfortable (laughs) situation. (laughs) Just flames. Oh, wow. I was thinking more. You could do 
kind of a small box plain wall right, would, be, oh, would be fine but flames wow <laughs> when it first came out there was a parent I, I don't know very much about it but there was an app uh, or a game on oculus rift where you could it would be spiders crawling over your body so there's one too and then we'll have to get haptic uh, suits and yeah and all of that that's a whole different ball game um, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, with VR, AR, it's, it's, I, I gotta go with Kim on this. It's such a cool technology and there's so many people playing, paying so much money into it right now. Um, I've been messing around with Blipper, which is a AR builder where you can add on, uh, videos and text and all sorts of stuff to a, an image out in the real world. But at the same time, if you're only using the technology because it's technology to be used, and there's no connection to the learning outcome, the learning goals, or curriculum, or anything like that, then, yeah, you have to take a step back and go, why am I doing this? It kind of goes back to what you just said a few minutes ago. The first time, the kids run it because they're like, what is happening? This is amazing. Yeah, they're just freaking out. Yeah, yeah. but then you, you, the second time, they start getting more into it. And then you can start mm -hmm. seeing the learning integration. I think the big danger of any new technology, especially in ed tech, is people dismissing it outright. Yeah, and I think part of that is is how the teacher uses it yeah. as well. Um, I I've seen uh, several different teachers use it, and some use it really well, mm -hmm. and, and some don't. And that might might just come with time that they're so far out of their comfort zone, yeah. and they're dealing with kids seeing it on in the classroom for the first time. So there's kind of that hyped up excitement factor. Um, but I'd be curious to see it once things settled in, mm -hmm. and the novelty wears off a little bit. How much it actually impacts the classroom but i can see mm -hmm. it being totally engaging and the times that i've seen it you know the kids are up and they're moving around and that's what they're focused on but i wonder what happens once it's the newness has yeah. worn off well i think it'd be a really nice tool could you imagine doing an assessment with that like having a like a small group solve a, like a uh i don't know like a biological scavenger hunt or something mm -hmm. with it and like they actually have to get through each sequence to like complete their exam that'd be so cool or even going back to what Brandon Burnett said on one of our podcasts, creation, mm -hmm. having them create something that's uh, artistic, scientific, and also technology-based would be in invaluable to K-12 students. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the value in that is that could be really their job in the future anyway, is the creating augmented or virtual reality type content for all kinds of applications. So not only are you probably teaching them important concepts, but you, you're probably mm -hmm. teaching them a skill at some point if they have that opportunity to build and to create. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so Ms. Taylor, where can we find you online? Um, so hopefully the Mount Ogden Junior High website. And then also I'm on Twitter, K-A-T BioEd. That's my Twitter handle. So feel free to tweet at me. Shoot questions about <laughs> Google Expeditions or biology <laughs> teaching or anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, and thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, this was really fun. A lot of fun stuff. We appreciate it. And, and uh, you can find Quinn where? At Q Henderson on Twitter. And uh, you can find me at Teacher Winners online on Twitter. And just a reminder, we are part of the House of Ed, Ed Tech Podcasting Network. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, thank you.